0: Welcome to the Sony Pictures Network's Go Beyond podcast, a show where we go beyond the surface and uncover the extraordinary. I'm your host, Akshay Kapoor. Albert Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Our guest today personifies this belief through everything he does. Author of the best-selling fantasy series, The Game World Trilogy, He rose to fame at an early age after he dropped out of one of India's top management institutions to pursue his passion for writing. Since then, he has gone on to work as a columnist for several lead publications world over and even write and direct his own film. His latest novel has even been shortlisted for India's top fiction award, the JCB Prize for Literature. It is a pleasure to welcome the duck of dystopia himself, author Samit Basu. Samit, really great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Akshay. And um, how impressive I sounded. I'm sorry, it's only going to be downhill from here. (laughs) But yeah, thanks. I got to ask you, why Duck of Dystopia? Um, I used to have a blog called Duck of Destiny back in 2005. And uh, it's just that between 2005 and 2020, somehow destiny seemed like an overly optimistic name to use so the newsletter is now called duck of dystopia
0: (laughs) fair enough since you're a writer you probably know of this but charles dickens wrote a classic title the tale of two cities right in your case i think it's it's a tale of five cities correct because you've studied in kolkata Ahmedabad, london and you've worked between mumbai and new delhi yes can you give us a sense of what your formative years were like and how they contributed towards making you the writer you are today?
1: Well, my formative years were very quiet. I spent most of my childhood um, at home with nothing to do but read. I wanted to be a writer all my life. I also managed to have a lot of fun and do lots of those theater debate various stage sort of things as well so that mix of where you have an extremely quiet life and then for brief bursts you have an extremely public life was something that i kind of grew up with from childhood
0: and when you say you always wanted to be a writer did you want to be a novelist did you want to be a stage writer you know a screen script writer a screenplay writer
1: well i mean for me the ultimate thing was always books while i loved theater and i loved movies whenever i saw them the idea was always that the best form of storytelling is happening in books because, I mean, films and all are great, but they can't match what you have happening inside your head when you're reading.
0: Interesting. Do you remember the first book that made you fall in love with writing and made you feel that this is it?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's uh, In Bengali, it was uh, Shukumar Rai's poems for children. He's uh, the director, Satyajit Rai's father. And in English, I think it would be a mixture of Alice in Wonderland and The Hobbit, both of which I read when I was quite small.
0: At what age uh, did you decide to first put pen to paper and write something of your own?
1: Well, I think um, throughout school, I'd been writing plays, sketches. So I never thought I would do it professionally because it's not something that people in my generation did. So you know, when I decided to become a writer, no one was more surprised than I was.
0: And you actually got into school for management, correct? And then you dropped out of that to become a novelist.
1: Yes. So, uh, see, most of my education was about discovering that I did not like the thing that I was doing. (laughs) Right? So, I mean, I got through school fine because I was good at exams, but I did not enjoy uh, classrooms. I studied economics after that and realized I was not going to contribute anything to mankind's understanding of anything socioeconomic. I went to IIM because that was the dumb thing to do for people in my generation who were good at studies <laughs> it took about a week of business school to convince me that life as an MBA was not for me right it really seemed like I had reached a place where I really felt that I had tried hard enough to make everyone else happy with everything that I was doing and I'd been clear for a long time that I wanted to figure out how to be a storyteller for a living. And I was lucky in the sense that my immediate family, when they heard that uh, this was what I wanted to do, and I'd been expecting, you know, lots of drama, huge resistance. Instead, they said, yeah, spend a couple of weeks, figure out if you're sure about this, and it's not just that you hate the food, which I hated.
0: <laughs> How old were you when this happened?
1: 21, I guess.
0: Okay. Uh, and your first book, The Simaquin Prophecies, was published just two years after that, when you were 23. wanted to ask you, when did you start writing The Simaquin Prophecies?
1: Immediately after coming back from IIM. See, throughout college, the thing that held me back from seriously trying to write a book was that I did not have an idea for a book. So I was sitting and waiting for an idea, and in my uh, dorm room in IIM was where I got an idea that for the first time I thought was something that could be a book. Um, which is why it made sense for me to just get started on it.
0: What were some of the emotions and the thoughts going through your head when *Ozymandian Prophecies* ended up being published?
1: Uh, mostly panic. I had no idea how how long books were supposed to be. I didn't know what genre I was writing. I had no idea whether anyone except you know me and a few close friends would like it. So, you know, it was very strange because it did really well. It was a bestseller for about six months, a hit number one, the review was very good. Um, it took a long time to reach the shelves, but it was really a dream run. Eventually, my only emotion really was gratitude. You know, they say
0: that creation is always built in the image of reality. Are there any moments from your own life that have made it into your work or have become inspiration for your work?
1: I do think that every character you create is in some way a ref- reflection of yourself. But not in a planned way. Like, there's no, I'm now going to put this specific instance of my life into this book. I think that's actually happened in the kids' books. There's one chapter where monkeys invade this boy's house. And that was something that happened.
0: Can I ask you to share the actual story of how of what happened there?
1: You know, you're sitting in your house and suddenly there are three large monkeys uh, walking towards you in a very determined manner. And then because you have seen monkeys beat people up in front of you before and you do not want to make this a physical contest you retire quietly to another room and then you wonder what to do next then you know because it's delhi you have no network so you when you try to call people to ask them what you might do next you fail then you look at the internet the internet tells you do not bare your teeth at them which was not your plan do not show shiny objects to them which was also not your plan then you find that they're scared of large animals. So then you open YouTube and you play at full volume video of what you think is going to be a tiger roaring, which turns out to be two minutes of American kids standing outside a tiger's cage and going, Mommy, it's not saying anything. While the tiger just walks silently. Um, <laughs> and then you wait for a while and eventually the monkeys finish clattering around your living room. They open your fridge, they drink soya sauce, they don't like it and they leave.
0: They actually had the soya sauce from your fridge.
1: Yes. They did not enjoy it. They expressed this in the form of a negative review by smashing the soya sauce bottle and then going. (laughs) I was okay with this because I thought far more would be broken in the house. So that was the one thing I remember that was a definite real-life incident that made it into the books. The rest of it is much more kind of maybe metaphorical.
0: (laughs) Hilarious. But obviously, uh, while writing books, you must have faced the classic writer's block. Right. Have there been some funny and frustrating moments where, you know, you face this writer's block and then, you, and then what have you done to overcome it?
1: There's a number of ways to, to kind of get uh, ideas coming into you, in your brain at the right order again. The one that I often find most effective is to just let it be for a while. Let it be for a while because sometimes your subconscious needs to sort out the story and your conscious brain is not finding solutions, but it will pop into your head at some point soon. The writer's block is actually kind of, I think it's been replaced by just serial writer distraction. I've now been writing professionally for almost 18 years. And the one thing I know I've gotten better at is finding new and innovative ways to (laughs) procrastinate.
0: Coming back to a more serious topic, traditionally there are two opposing views. Some believe that the creative process is a stream of consciousness. And some believe that you have to have a structured approach and a methodical approach to creating something. What is your creative process?
1: I think that um, each project kind of has its own process. There is no one correct way to do any of this. There is a way that works for you. So if you're someone to whom stream of consciousness storytelling comes more naturally, that's great. You then need to figure out what kind of stories you should be telling. You can't do a good bank heist movie if you're the stream of consciousness writer, because then you have to have your uh, pieces all in play and all well arranged similarly if you are uh, arranging everything before you start kind of storyteller you don't want to do the adolescent coming of age and yearning while not really doing anything much sort of story because you will have two plot points and you won't make that story so it's usually a question of two things really one is uh, an increasing self awareness you find out what you're good at you be more aware of what you're bad at and let your work follow that right and the other one is empathy because you have to observe not just yourself but also the world around you and see what parts of it affect you most deeply and what uh, directions they move you in as a creator because I found that it is so much easier to work in different ways like when I'm writing a kid's book or a comic or a movie script or a big fat novel The process is completely different. The voice is completely different. And uh, the way you arrive at it is also different. My last book, for instance, um, there was a deliberate decision before starting it that I would not do the five or six things that I was most comfortable doing over the last decade and a half.
0: Interesting. Do you have a second guess yourself during your creative process? All the time. Then how do you end up at your final decision? What's your process for, for making the choice?
1: I procrastinate. I second guess myself all the time. I'm always convinced that I'm going to do everything wrong. Sometimes though, I mean I'm exaggerating, sometimes it's very clear what the correct uh, next step is. Sometimes the rest of the world takes that decision for me by having a deadline. Okay. So you have, you know, a specific time by which you have to make your decision. So you just make it, you decide on one of the options and then you just face the consequences of that. Between these two, you mostly get projects finished. Again, a very important thing, not just I think for storytellers, but for anyone who's kind of taking on any kind of project is that you'll never know how it's going to do until you finish it. If you don't finish the project, there's no point having done so much on it, unless you learn some kind of life lesson, but that's not work.
0: Right. Which authors have been your biggest inspirations?
1: So I will say that when I was 11, reading Lord of the Rings made me completely fall into the story in a way that nothing else had done before. I think when I was a child, P.G. Woodhouse was another author where I think I read about 60 of his books on the track. No one has ever used... Uh, language so beautifully and made so many great stories out of absolutely nothing. Currently, I would say my favorite authors are people like N.K. Jemisin and Ken Liu and people who are really taking imaginative stories in science fiction and fantasy and various other speculative fiction spaces and they're telling these with a great deal of seriousness and a great deal of discovery of the underlying cultural flaws and unseen complications of things that have come before.
0: And throughout all the books that you've read, have there been any characters that have stood out to you as iconic characters?
1: This is an even bigger list, right? And this is something that my subconscious popped into my head while you were asking the next part of the question, which uh, overcame my answerer's block. (laughs) It would be Sir Terry Pratchett, who wrote many books in the Discworld series, which is this fantasy series that is easily right up there with the best of all time. And he did this thing where the characters were high concept But at the same time, they were utterly normal. And he handled this cast of at least, I don't know, 100, 200 characters in a way that you could actually have had each one of them as a protagonist. That kind of complex storytelling skill, I had not seen that in books over, you know, a 50-book span in anything uh, except Terry Pratchett.
0: Fair enough. And now moving on to something slightly different. Any advice for people trying to pursue a career in writing?
1: That's a huge question. I would say, you know, one is patience. Patience in the sense that you only hear about the lottery winners. There is no standard publishing or standard creative journey. You only see the successes. You don't know their real backstories. Comparing yourself to anyone is pointless. Competing with anyone else is pointless. Right. You will have your own journey it will not be what you thought it would be. So the one way you deal with all of that is patience and remembering that hopefully you love what you do.
0: Absolutely. Samil, what inspires you to always stay creative?
1: Well, the short answer is I have no other skills now. <laughs> but the, the, the longer and perhaps the answer that is more relevant is that I think in the environment that we exist, there are deeply conformist ways of being and society as a whole is deeply conformist. I think anyone who has the luxury and the privilege of being able to do things other than that, and also has ability and definitely the desire to, to do something new and interesting and different, right? I think there is a certain responsibility to do that. I mean, I, as you probably have seen already, I'm a person who complains a lot about everything. <laughs> but... I have to say that you know the last couple of years especially have made me aware of the privileges that I do enjoy more than anything, uh, more than any other time in my life really. So I feel like if there's any ability and experience and general skill that I have doing a particular thing, then I need to keep doing it.
0: Certainly. Okay, here's the big question. There's a grand debate, paperbacks versus ebooks. Where does the author Samit Basu stand on this?
1: Uh, both paperbacks at home, but you run out of bookshelves, Uh, ebooks are great for traveling. So I love books as physical objects, but I'm not going to be able to buy a hundred more books because my house is full of books already.
0: Now I want to talk about the movie House Arrest, co-written and co-directed by you, is in many ways an embodiment of Murphy's Law. It's a comedy of errors. Right. What inspired the plot of that movie?
1: There's a good answer and there's a bad answer. You can give us both. So the good answer is that as someone who spends a lot of their time at home and a lot of their time by themselves, I'm very interested by the various aspects of uh, solitude and loneliness and how people are completely mistaken when they think that someone who's at home by themselves has anything even vaguely resembling a peaceful day, right? (laughs) And this is a reality that I think the pandemic has brought home to everyone brutally. I think everyone now knows how busy they are when they are stuck at home. So the the film is about someone who just decides that he won't leave his house and it's been six months and everyone else is kind of worried about him. And then over the course of one day, tumultuous events happen that cause him to perhaps leave the house. So exploring that space was something that I was interested in doing, because I think a single location romantic comedy about solitude is an interesting space. It was an idea that I found interesting. The bad answer is that I had at that point of time, I had failed at least 15 times to make a large science fiction fantasy movie in bollywood and so the films i was pitching just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and ultimately i reached a point where no producer could say this is going to be too expensive because it was just said in one plant yeah (laughs) but it was fun the the pure chaos of the entire filmmaking process is something that i will never forget
0: so samith now, as we always do with our guests, we wrap up by talking about a Go Beyond Takeaway. And what we wanted to ask you is what inspired you and what still inspires you to go beyond your accomplishments and continue to write the next chapters of your life.
1: Okay, so I have to say that it is every new story that I managed to create. There is a lot to learn every new medium that you work in so directing a movie or writing a novel or collaborating with an artist for a comic book everything teaches you something and if i ever reached a point where i felt like i hadn't learned something genuinely surprising and genuinely new from the last thing that i did or that i had executed everything perfectly and i'd made no mistakes then i would stop but every time i do something i make mistakes um every time i do something i feel like i've learned something and then i want to take those mistakes and those new learnings and try to do it better you never stop learning things and you never stop making mistakes so hopefully you know I'll keep doing this until I'm so terrible at it that people just make me stop
0: (laughs) I gotta ask you if that point comes where you decide to write on your own biography what would your biography be titled
1: please read the others first that would be my biography
0: (laughs) Samit thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to be here. I really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Thank you for having me. An absolute pleasure to be here.
0: If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to and follow the Go Beyond podcast on www.sonypicturesnetworks.com podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a host of other platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us too. Your feedback is very important to us. I've been your host, Akshay Kapoor, and I look forward to having you join us on the next journey into the beyond.